welcome back to the E5 podcast. Uh, I am, as always, Rob LaRue, and I'm joined again by my pastor, Pastor David Willis. Hey there, we're glad to, uh, that you're joining us today. Good to have you. Good to be back. And uh, again, uh, joined by uh, Pastor Robbie Willis as well. Hey, y'all. Good to be with you today. So uh, we are excited to be back with the E5 podcast. Um, if we do run into some sound issues or glitches or anything like that, bear with us. Remember, we are still uh, in the process of fully moving into our new facility, which uh, we are very, very excited about. So we're actually coming to you uh, not live, but uh, we are coming to you from our, uh, this close to live, from, from our uh, youth room at the moment uh, in our new facility, the former Clarksville Cinema, 2424 West Clark Road in Clarksville, Arkansas. Uh, if you are in the area you should, and you don't have a home church, you should uh, stop in and join us on Sunday uh, and be part of what God is doing here. And speaking of what God is doing here, an awesome Easter service this Sunday. Uh, and, and we want to take just a few moments to recognize what God is doing and uh, celebrate what happened here uh, on Sunday. So, uh, Pastor David, um, share with us, you know, some of, the, some of the good things that God is doing here at Link Church. Man, it was, uh, it beat all our expectations, I think, honestly. Yeah. We truly were blessed this last Sunday as we opened our new facility for the very first time. And Still some minor things that aren't quite done. We we ran a little short on carpet in a few areas, some rubber base that needed to be finished. The grills for the stage didn't come in, but minor things anyway. But thank God for the most part, uh, everything was pretty well took care of and ready to go. I'm just thankful for good, hardworking people in our church that showed up to work nights, helped us a lot. And, and like, uh, and I want to give a special word to say this, but to like Brother Mike and Sister Marsha, who... In their everyday lives, this is what they do. They oversee projects, they do construction, they remodel, but their input, their help, they made this whole thing possible by going in into this. And so I, I truly appreciate them and their effort and hard work. And just, just a big shout out to everybody that helped us get to that point by putting in your time and effort and, and your talent. And even from the smallest thing up to the biggest thing, doesn't matter what it was, we're just thankful you helped us. And so, but that said, it all come together and was worth every bit of it Sunday when we seen uh, we seen nine souls saved on Glory. Easter Sunday. Amen. So that makes it worth every every bit. Um, we seen between two services, five hundred and six people come through our facility. Yeah. And you know that didn't really hit me until Sunday afternoon, and I was kind of talking to God about what He had done, and the reality hit me that five hundred uh, is halfway to a thousand guys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's a uh, that's a lot of folks rolling huge, through one yeah. location. And so everything went so seamlessly. It seemed like all our systems flowed well. Our department leaders, all our volunteers did such a great job. And don't get me wrong, there's always areas we can improve sure. in. And we're going to discuss some stuff like that even today, I mean, as far as that goes. But overall, looking back, we went back and looked at the numbers from last year and uh, up 300 people just from Easter last year. Wow. And so... And we understand that 506 probably ain't what we're going to see this next Sunday. But right. we do believe it's very realistic to see, you know, anywhere from 380 to 425 people based on those things. Right. And so we're just excited about what God has done, what he's doing. Uh, and, and and I want to throw it to you, Pastor Robbie, and just talk to us from the end for just a second of how how remarkable 
statistically speaking, from all the study and the data that we do, to see the extravagant growth we're seeing in such a short time frame is truly. It really is incredible. And one of the things that we see is not just in the Assemblies of God, but across the evangelical church world in the United States, only something like three in 10 churches are growing at all right now. Wow. And one in 10, from the last study I heard, are growing from conversion groups. And so if you stop and ponder that. Explain that, yeah. Yeah, so meaning that if three in 10 churches is all that are actually growing, but only one in 10 is growing from conversions, that means the other two out of 10 are just swapping in is to reach the lost. Jesus yes. said, yes. go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so what above everything else, what we're rejoicing in is, is this year alone across our Across our, our three campuses, we've seen in excess of 100 people come to Christ. Praise God. And I think in the last just over 90 days, about 94 or so, right here in Clarksville. And so we're rejoicing. Now, that doesn't mean the work's done. It's just getting started. But it is a statistical anomaly, and to God be the glory, you know. Um, I do also just want to say this, though. While I can say it's a statistical anomaly, it's not accidental. That's right. It's very mm -hmm. intentional that we are pursuing God. And, uh, you know, someone might say, well, did you, did you ever dream you would be here? The answer is yes. We've actually been dreaming it for well in excess of a decade <laughs> for, that, the whole purpose. for that matter. Yeah. And believing that God is going to take us further and further by his grace. That's, that's so true and so powerful. And, and you're talking about conversion rate. I, I want to say this. What I am proud of probably the most as the pastor of this church is that a lot of the growth that we have seen is not from transfer growth, what I call it. It's not people left one church and went to yeah. another. Right. The growth that we have seen has been true people that did not have a relationship with Christ or maybe sure. one time did and walked away and have rededicated their lives or it is people that we've just went out and found folks that weren't going to church nowhere and got them back into the house of God, right. getting them redirected on a path for God again. Lots of people that were what we would say across the board is good people. They just weren't in a place where they should be sure. going right. to the house of God and being faithful to the house of God. And so some of the things we're going to talk about today, and I, and I want to mm -hmm. you know discuss this amongst you guys and amongst us for the next 45 minutes to an hour or however long it takes us. We're never good with time, clearly. But uh, <laughs> however long it takes us is is one of these points right here. Guys, how do we maintain the momentum of a growing church right now? Mm -hmm. Our church is exploding. It's moving fast. Uh, I, I'm going to give you my first point as far as that goes. You guys build on it from here, and we'll discuss some different things. But um, what... What and how do we maintain the momentum of a growing church? I'm going to say first and foremost, we continue to make God first and center of yep. everything that we do. We continue to bathe our church in prayer and, and allow for powerful worship to take place and allow the Spirit of God to move. We're going to put that out there uh, because we don't want someone saying that that's not what we think is key when we discuss some of these other things. But also I want you to know that that's almost a given, isn't it, Pastor? 
Well, it is, it, it is I, I said before we were talking, that's what uh, Dr. Jim Ryan calls a permission to play value. That is, if you're if you're not praying and you're not believing God for a move, you don't even need to, that's exactly need to, right. need to be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, the scripture says, ask God for rain in the time of the latter rain. So while the rain is falling, while revival is moving, we would call upon everybody listening to pray with us for more souls to be saved, for more miracles, that's right. for a, a greater outpouring of the Spirit. We want to pray for more rain to fall while it's still raining hard right now. That's exactly right. Rob, what would you say would be something else, you know, as we're looking at our notes together here, what would be one of the next things we would be talking about? As, as we continue to try to build and keep this momentum, what's something to you that would be, you know, where we're going from here? I mean, to me, one of the things that, uh, and and this specifically isn't in our notes, but it's something that I thought of, you know, David and I, you, you, you and I both are big sports fans. And the analogy that came to my head was I, I, so many times in a game, I'll see a team get a big lead and they'll be running and they'll be going. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're just going 90 to nothing and they've got a, a huge lead. And then they'll make, in my opinion, one of the, the dumbest decisions that you could possibly make. Suddenly they switch up everything that they're doing. Yeah. I mean, Stall ball or yeah, something, yeah, stall ball or something yeah. like that. I mean, it's working. <laughs> I mean, yeah. why why are we why are we changing what's That's right. working? That's right. And you know, who we are as a church has always been. We want to be uh, centered around Jesus Christ. We we want to see lost souls come to find Him. Um, we we want to be active That's in our right. community. These these beliefs and and values that are just core essentials to our identity. Uh, are things that we want to continue to just continue to push and 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 grow. And I know that we've got plans uh, specifically that that you, Pastor David, and, and you, Pastor Robbie, as our discipleship pastor, uh, have intentions to to roll out. You know, our our three D programming, or excuse me, four D, because we added a D um, programming that and and uh, curriculum, so to speak, that we're working on. Yeah. Um, and so things like that is is. What comes to my mind is just we're going to continue to do what we have been doing. And speaking of continuing to doing what we have been doing, one thing that I know we want to continue to do is keep inviting and bringing our friends and family. Yeah. You know, uh, man, that's so good. I mean, I know personally uh, within my family, 10 without even having to try really hard of people in my family who once upon a time were very active in church and yeah. maybe not so much today. Um I would be worried about saying that publicly on a, on a podcast. They don't listen to my pod, podcast. So, uh, they, they don't listen to it, so I can I can call them out. Uh, they're not they're not they're not active in church like they they used to be. Uh, and so, you know, the truth is that uh, we may want to get frustrated when you invite somebody to church and they say they'll come and then they don't, or uh, they don't act like they're interested at all when you invite them to church. The Bible warns us not to grow weary with well-doing. Yeah. You know, and, and so we just got to continue to press and we got to continue to invite our friends and yeah, our family. that's good. Uh, and I used to worry when I was young in, in ministry about, well, if I invite them and they say, no, you know, I failed. No, you didn't fail because the decision was never yours. The yeah. decision was always theirs. Your task was simply to invite them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're supposed to go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. That means uh, beg if you have to, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I think that's great, and I want to say that 
I know conversation wise that you know we kind of had a conversation. There's one young man in our church, uh, uh, a teenage young man who got saved, and we've probably got what twelve or fifteen Easily. people yeah. from his family because this young man got saved and started inviting right. everyone. Started with him and his grandma, and then yeah. and right. then it's just continued to grow. I can give another instance uh, of a family in the church where a, uh, a lady started coming back and started working on her family, and and she's now grown her uh, uh, reach, I guess yeah. we would call it organic reach, to uh, you know twelve or fifteen people. You don't think about it that way, but all it takes is one person that gets on fire, and the next thing you know, right. as you said, Rob, you got ten family members or ten friends that show up with you. It don't take three or four people to do that. And the next thing you know, you've grown by 40 or 50 folks. Right. That's so true. And, and in that in that spirit, I just want to give a shout out to all those in our link family that are actively inviting your friends and your family to come and be a part. You know, the first thing that's leading this move of God is God himself. That, and, and I don't know how to explain what we're experiencing other than to call it a move of God. I, I, Can I'm, we, and I'm cutting you yeah, off, I'm ahead. sorry, but we were texting back and forth about this the other day. People across the country all the time, we want to we want to put revival in a box. And we think revival is something that is, oh, we had revival from Sunday to Friday. Mm-hmm. Could we not safely say that we are in revival right now Absolutely. in Link Church? Whether we're having services every night or not, we're having revival and a move of God. Are we not, Pastor? We are in the midst of more of a move of God than I have ever personally been a part of in my life. And I mm-hmm. want to clarify that for a second. For those of you that hear that, that actually know me personally, you understand how big That's a statement, a big statement. That, that actually is. Um, I mean, we we've seen blind eyes open, and we've seen yeah. the deaf hear, and we've seen cancer disappear instantly, and we've seen lots of people come to Christ. I mean, I, I remember, uh, you know, I was part of the revival back with Tom McNaughton. I wasn't attending the church time; I was pastoring elsewhere. But in 2013, yeah. when you and I and Brother Tom, some of us preached night after night, and in six weeks we saw 85 people come to Christ. But, but there's something different about what's happening right now. You know, in, in 2022, we averaged about 220 people as a church. And, and then that that jumped in the first 60 days or so of 23 to about 310 to 315. And then, you know, 500 plus in the house on Easter. So when you're bragging about numbers, I, I'm not. But if numbers bother you, please don't read the book of Acts because a lot of numbers are actually that's thrown right. out there. And right. by the way, we have a whole book mm-hmm. of the Bible that's called numbers what what numbers are is a there's sometimes a temperature gauge of what is happening and here's the thing that's unique about this to me is in the midst of this we've not backed up at all right that's right like, like you know david one thing i could say is i was talking to him about, about our resurrection sunday service and i said I want you to understand, now there's nothing wrong with these things, but this wasn't we got the community to come out for a big egg hunt. This wasn't, uh, hey, we're having a big dinner afterward. Uh, this we was put church. As, we put it, <laughs> yeah, we put as little, and, and I don't mean this bad, there have been major events before this that we put 10 times the amount of effort and advertisement and exposure into what we did Sunday for Easter. Right. And saying that with this, this behind it, this was not anything we done. We didn't make big social media posts. We, we just let folks know, hey, we are opening this Sunday at our new location. We plan to have a grand opening yeah. later on this yeah. summer at some point. Yeah. This was literally the people of the body in the Link Church That's that just right. said, hey, we're going to invite everybody we can. <laughs> and, yeah. and here's what I see. There is a spiritual hunger 
that is unprecedented in my lifetime right now. Amen. There is a, a desperation to connect with God. And so as we're talking about inviting friends and family, Pastor, one thing I hear you say week after week is we are who we are. We are not a church for everybody. We are not one size fits all. We have a unique identity. And part of what that means, if you come in here, it's going to be loud and people are going to be worshiping and people are going to be dancing and, and jumping. But but think about this before I, uh, but before we move along a little bit. Maybe that's exactly what our culture needs. Yeah. We have been so me obsessed. Oh, come on. You know, yeah. uh, that, 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 that what's driven our culture for the last 10 years is selfies and social media and all about me and how many likes can I get and how many fake friends can I have and and then the nuclear posts, if you don't respond to this in the next, you know, 10 minutes, I'm unfriending you. I'll just tell you, anybody that's ever said that gets an opportunity to unfriend me, I will not play the game. I'm not doing it. What if what our culture has actually been needing is the ability to get the attention off of ourself and one to God yeah, and realize That's the solution's good. not in me, it's in Him. And, and if there's one thing I would attribute this move of God to largely, it's that vertical focus that people have an opportunity oh, to walk in and just for a little while disappear into a place where all that matters is connecting with the God That's who it. created heaven and That's earth, it. and oh, we dude. believe He hears us. That's it. And it's such, a, it's such an amazing thing that we're seeing, as we said, the revival part of it, the move of God part of it, people inviting their friends and family. And, and we're talking, you know, of course, continue to bathe our church in prayer. Let the Spirit of God move. Have powerful worship. All those things. Continue to invite friends and family. And Rob, I want to throw it to you here because one of our next points kind of is this. And talk about this impact because this is more your area than mine or, or Pastor Robbie's. Is how, does, how do we continue to impact things by just simply... So many people think, hey, I can't do anything. But when you share our stuff on social media or Absolutely. you push something that we've done, as simple as sharing one of the TikTok videos or sharing one of the Instagram photos or sharing a service, you don't ever know that that might open up a conversation between you and someone. So Absolutely. talk to us there, Rob, for just a second about how the impact of social media can continue to help our church grow. Amen. Um, one of the things that continues to amaze me is, is, is it's a statistic from a uh, social media. He wouldn't call himself an expert, but I, I would call him an expert. Guy goes by the name of, or his name is Brady Shearer. Um, his stuff is, is pro church tools. Um, and he's on social media and everything. And he makes his company's whole mission is to help a church redeem their extra time around the Sunday services. Yeah. Um, and to teach people how to make the most out of social media platforms and things like that. He said a statistic one time that, that blows my mind. And if I butcher the statistic and somebody knows it, uh, please correct me because I'd rather be right than, than make a valid point. Um, he said something along the lines of approximately 80% of the entire world has Facebook. Wow. Now think of that for a second. We also have TikTok. We also have Instagram. We do stuff on Spotify. Uh, we do stuff on Apple Podcast. We have all kinds of uh, social media presence to where you can share the things that are going on here and what we're talking about with Link Church. But let's just focus on just the one for a second. Facebook. If 80% of the entire world has Facebook. Yeah. Wow. Just and, about 8 billion people. Yeah. And our 506 people 
who were here on Sunday shares our Sunday services with all of their friends on Facebook. Think of what kind of reach that would be. I mean, just I mean, let's let's just estimate numbers here. You know, I would say the average person on Facebook has at least a hundred friends. Yeah. So, anybody good with math, real quick? One hundred times five hundred and six. Yeah, I mean that's fifty six thousand. I mean, you want to tell me that that you don't have impact? And I'll share it even further. Uh, Lydia's father, my father in law, Eddie Birdsong. Um, is is currently the pastor at uh, Richmond Assembly of God. Um, and when they first started sharing their services on Facebook, there are many people in the church who did not understand the whole point and purpose and why they wanted to do that. Yeah. And I will never forget um, being there and helping them see the aha moment as the lady who was part of the church and part of the team that really spearheaded that started sharing statistics and brought up the fact that their Sunday services were regularly being streamed in India and in parts of the Middle East, uh, in Russia and Europe and, and all of these other places. And she pointed out that we may never have an opportunity to go to those countries ourselves. We may never step foot on those foreign soils, but you know, our war, our words impact. You know, there are people across the across the globe that are hearing uh, Pastor David share the gospel on Sunday mornings. There are people across the globe who are are hearing us sing songs of praise uh, on on Sundays when we share those services. And so it's just incredible. You may think that it's a small thing to click a like button and a share button, but it has a reaching impact that you could not possibly believe. And I am a firm believer in this. I believe it is 100% true that one of these days we'll get to heaven and there might be somebody come up to us and say, you don't know me, but yeah, I am here because of a social media post that you shared and my friend shared yeah. and it got to me. Well, I want to I say this and that's good and, and move on to our next point we're trying to cram a lot into this hour today but um i was in line at mcdonald's yesterday you know i have a sweet tea problem so i'm getting a sweet tea and uh and the lady in the window literally looks at me and says aren't you the pastor of link church and my response to her was yes i am and she says these words to me yeah i've seen you all over social media facebook what she said i've seen you all over facebook uh, my husband pastors a church, different denomination. No problem there sure. for me. I said, well, that's great. You know, but we don't realize yeah. the impact. I, I don't have social media, but she does. And someone shared it to the point that she's seen it, you know? So we don't think that, as you said, hitting that like button or clicking that share button is a big deal, but it really is. Uh, one of the other things, and I, Pastor Robbie, I want you to take this one for me. Um, is, and you know, we've, we've talked about continuing to bathe in prayer, let God do his thing. That's a given. That's, yeah. as you said, that's an invite to play. I mean, that, that's a given. We talk about that. Uh, continue to invite friends and family. Continue to share and use stuff on social media. But this next thing uh, about, and we don't say it a lot in our church because God's just always took care of us, but there is an important impact to this. This, this, where we're at right now, this location, uh, 
going to end up somewhere around between everything that we do around $1.3 million. We've got to have financial support to continue to do this. And we get great financial support. But I also know that there's people out there that could, that maybe aren't. And and so would you take some of that and explain to us if we're going to continue to maintain this momentum to be able to do all the things that we do and we freely give to our community, it, it has to come out of the church financial pocket. We need that financial support. We do, and, I, and when I think about this, the first place my mind goes is to a church where I previously pastored, and I was I was talking to one of our elders. He was in his 80s uh, about what inspired him. He had really gotten behind that church's building project and built a facility larger than he was ever going to need in his life, just to be honest. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, his name was, was, was actually it's Doyle Medlock. It's part of our church. It's his dad, Kenneth. I asked him, I said, Brother Kenneth, I said, why did you get behind something like this? you know, at your age. And he said, simple. He said, I knew that someday my grandkids and my great-grandkids would need a place to worship God. And he said, I wasn't sure if they would have the means or the work ethic or any of the things needed to build something like this. But he said, I purposed in my heart if we could establish a place for them, then when I was dead and gone, they would have a place that somebody could preach the gospel to. Amen. That's a real strong part of why we're here where we're at in Clarksville. Well, you know, one of the things, and, and I, I apologize, I, I want to I throw out here because while we're talking, I want to throw these things out. One of the things we've been discussing is we long and we're working towards this 12 acres that we've bought here. We're going to put some gaga pits. We're going to put some a basketball court outside. We're going to put volleyball and, and, and different things. And the reason we're doing that is because we want to pull up and know that the apartment complex That's across right. the way, their kids are over here at the church. And you say, mm-hmm. well, why would you want that? Because if they're here, we know what's going on. So true. We, if they're down the road, we don't know what they're going through. And if nothing more, if I can go out there and kick a basketball or a ball around with a kid and them have an opportunity to come to know Jesus, yeah. why Amen. not? You know? that That's so true. And you know, my old pastor, he used to say, and I, I refer to my old pastor. He's going to whip me for that one of these days. His name's Walter Brashear, and I hope that he listens often enough to hear me call him my old pastor once in a while. But Walter Brashear was my pastor when I was a, a young man, barely barely grown. And he used to say this. He'd say, money flows to vision. We don't have a money problem. Sometimes we have a vision problem. Oh my. Oh my. And, and I've seen that to be true, but this is what I want to say. Uh, as we continue to chase the vision together, it's not a, a, a one-generational vision. It is for the elders. It is also for the millennials and Gen Z. And it's for those that will be coming up still. Some of those that will be here after, after we're gone. We have a multi-generational vision, but it does, it does take some resources to fund that. We've never had to beg for money. Thank God that people have been generous. They've been gracious. And just the other day after, after Sunday, I had some folks reach out and say, hey, how can I tithe? How can I give to the church? What Praise can I God. do? Yeah. Uh, unsolicited. I thank God for that. But but why are we here? We believe that Link Church's presence, just like the other churches here in this community, can make a direct difference on all kinds of levels. It's not just about the things that do happen because we're here. It's not just about the, the people that, that we feed and the people that get saved. It's about the things that don't happen. Let's think about this for a second. 
It's about the people that don't take their life because they have nobody to talk good. to. That's it's good. about the people that don't give in to despair. I heard a statistic the other day that said the average length of time from when a person starts to experience mental health symptoms to the time they first seek professional help is 11 years. But you know where the first place they're going still nationwide? It's to the church or to a member of the clergy. Wow. That means wow. that us being right here in the center of town is literally saving lives, not only eternally, but right here. Wow. We want to be so available that those that are hurting know where to go and they know that there's somebody that cares. And My it, goodness. Does it cost money to finance that vision? Sure it does. Are we begging? No, but we are inviting yes, people yes. to come and participate and be a part and, and help help make a difference not just for our people, but for your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids. Right. We got a vision to chase. Amen. And, and reality is this, and I'm going to say this. I say this from the pulpit. We're not sitting here asking you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Right, right. I give. I have give. I will continue to give. I sow into this vision just the same as if I was nothing more than just one of the members. Yeah, I mean, so, mm-hmm. because to me, this is not just my dream, my vision. This is our dream. It's our ours, vision. Yeah. It's not just a church. It's our family. Yeah. And we're doing this together. And when we make that statement together, that means we give together also. We right. all put in and do our part. And so mm-hmm. uh, we got about five, seven more minutes on, on this subject before we move to our next one. And so let me let me give you guys this. Uh, one of the things, and, and what we're talking about right now is how do we maintain the momentum of a growing church? And and I'm going to let you guys just uh, take this as far as that goes. We have to continue to add, as we see things, new ministries and areas of need as the church grows, right. which means we've got to be willing to adapt to things as things continue to happen. As we see the need for one of the things we were discussing earlier today, you and I, uh, Pastor Robbie, was the need, as we see the need uh, for more available resources for marriages, we have to look and say, do we need an add an area here? Mm-hmm. We have to do things like that as a body going forward. Uh, as we see that we're running two services that are requiring more and more people, what areas of need do we need? Do we need to offer a men's study at certain times, yeah. a women's study mm-hmm. at certain times? Do we need to offer uh, parents' nights out? Things like that. And I, I, I'm just throwing out things yeah. at you guys, but how do we as a church... Uh, and as members of the church, cope with and accept the fact that, guys, when you're growing, you have to be willing to continue to adapt, right? We do, and here's some of the boundary markers for that. And Rob, I want you to help me with this. Mm-hmm. We are not a programs-driven church. That is, we're not looking right. to launch a new program and hope that that will yeah. generate uh, generate people. We are, if you were to say this, we are, we are a systems-driven church. Yes. We are a missional church, yeah. right? Yeah. This podcast is called the E5 Podcast. We have a mission a little while, but after our mission statement, we are here to, uh, you know, to in, engage yeah. people with the Word of God. We're here to engage in the mission. We're here to, to help people enjoy their walk with Christ. Right. We are here to empower people with the necessary tools Amen. that right. they need to, to follow Christ and to be, to be active in ministry. We're here to embrace people in That's their right. brokenness and in their no victories. Walk, mm-hmm. And we're here to equip people with the necessary resources that they need. Within the boundaries of that mission, we identify, okay, what things do we need to do in this season and the difference in that is, in that in programs mentality, if you're trying to start a program, you'll start doing things just to prop that program up. 
we love change around here. We embrace it. Yeah. It, it energizes yeah. us. But we're only, the, 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 this is what guides us, is it is it in line with our mission? Where we're going. Right? Mm-hmm. Where we're heading and what we're doing along the way. Rob, help me un, un, unpack this. How we, how we think through the processes of, yes, we do need to launch some new things at times, mm-hmm. but we want to be intentional about what, when, and how. And I want to say this before we give it to Rob. Yeah. yeah. We moved away from the days of we're just going to do this because we think it needs done. Now, if it don't fit into who we are at the core, Mm -hmm. into our mission, we're not doing it. That's how we see this. I mean, nothing's holy but God. That's exactly right. (laughs) Right. There is no thing, no program, no nothing we do is so sacred that we will not stop it if we have to, if it does not fit in who we are. Yeah. I'd rather have a steak dinner Mm -hmm. than have a sacred cow. That's exactly right. Speaking of that, I was. Pastor Rob, go ahead and share with us, you know, how do we continue to adapt and move forward in these ways? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what you just said, Pastor David, was incredible. Um, you know, one one of the very few good things that came out of COVID is I believe that it killed a whole lot of sacred cows in some oh churches yeah. all across the country. Um, but, you know, beyond just continuing to, you know, add new ministries and things like that, I think one of the most important things to do it, to continue momentum is to squash any attempts uh, that the enemy might make to create division, Yeah, uh, you know, amongst the body. You know, I've come to realize, you know, in my personal life, but when it, when you take a look at Scripture, it's all throughout there, example after example, that there are these great big highs and these wonderful moments, and God yeah. pours out his presence, and everybody's all excited, then turn the page, and somebody who was just experiencing God's greatness and glory, all of a sudden they're experiencing hardship and tragedy. And, yeah. you know, uh, one one of my favorite examples is, you know, you have you have the prophet on on Mount Carmel, and, and you know he has this great moment where he he challenges the prophets of Baal. Hey, you know if God is God, then then he'll answer by let the God who answered by fire let him be God. Yeah. And you know of course our God steps up and he does what he does and proves that he is God. And it's just this great big triumphant moment. And then you know you continue to read. And the next thing you know, he's majorly depressed, sitting and hiding and pouting under a tree because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, woe is me. I'm I'm the only one left calling upon God's name. Well, no, you're not. You're not paying attention. And, you know, God even tells him so much in, in, in the next uh, uh, encounter that God has with him is, is no, I still have several uh, who have not bowed a knee to Baal. And so, you know, one of the things that I think we just need to do as, as a body of Christ is be aware that the enemy is going to try and create division. That's yeah. right. uh, you know, uh, we briefly talked about this before we went on, you know, how we continually uh, have wonderful, amazing outpourings of God's presence at uh, Super Church every year. And then without fail, every year, people are going to uh, run our name down and talk bad about us because we dare to show the Super Bowl in, in our church. Um, you know, and some some of those churches that choose to run us down, you know, um, hey, more power to you if you think you're, you're, if you think you're doing, you know, better, better than what God's doing here, then... I'd, I'd love to come and sit and be a part of, of your services because you must be having a magnificent outpouring of God. Uh, and But anyway, uh, maybe a little bitterness <laughs> crept into that. But Well, reality reality is this, that we are not so naive to think our way is the only way. Not at all. Now, we do believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But we don't believe that how we, we believe there's still a need. 
need for how everyone else exactly. does things. Sure. We yeah. have no desire to be critical of Well, you said else. it. I mean, we're, we're, we're not one size fits all. No, we're yeah. not. In fact, five years from now, we may not do the same we way. The same that's exactly right. Because we, because we have latched on to doing things in a systematic way. We do not desire to think that we are the only way. Of course. Or we are the only one. And your statement's more true than anyone probably even realizes. The likelihood of us doing things exactly how oh, we yeah. are right now in five years is yeah. slim to none. And don't fall too in love with it. I we mean, might change We'll it. do something. <laughs> uh, we will continue to adapt to grow this church. And what Rob said there, uh, as we were talking about, how do we continue to adapt? One of the biggest things is just what he said. We cannot allow division from the enemy to come in. And I think what happens a lot of times is you start something that you're doing, things are happening, and the next thing you know, someone gets in their mind, well, I don't matter no more. Yeah. The church is growing mm-hmm. too fast. I'm not as important as I used to be. They don't value me like they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. That is nothing more than the enemy. That's right. <laughs> that's all that is. Probably that's, more valuable than you've ever been. Actually. That's right. Because yeah. the church wouldn't Say be growing in the, the manner in the that back. it is if you weren't. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so you have to think about those things that, hey, is this a thought from the enemy or is this a thought from, you know, from God? Well, clearly not God because God sees you as valuable and we see you as valuable. So that's got to be the enemy, right? I, mean. I think about it like this. Uh, my mom and dad's house, you know, uh, they still live in the house that I grew up in, and we go back there and, and spend holidays and just, you know, just hang out outside of that and stuff. But I remember real well when it was just me and my three siblings and my mom and dad, and people would drop in now and again. Holidays were very intimate. They were very special. I mean, I remember Christmas time with, you know, a, a small group of us gathered there in the living room. Now, you can't breathe in there at yeah. Christmas. You yeah. can't move. And uh, th- there's people running out of airs because we've got over 20 grandkids am- among us and all that. Amen. What's that mean? I reflect with great fondness on those days when our house was small. Do you know why we're overflowing? Because we were healthy and we reproduced and because Amen. we're building our lives and Amen. our families. And, That's good. And there's a future. And, and it's very similar to that in the church. Yes, don't despise the day of small things. That's Those are beautiful memories and beautiful moments. But, man, let's not stop reproducing. Let's Amen. not stop getting married. Let's Amen. not stop having children. Let's not stop bringing more people in. And let's not turn it into something it's not when we say, man, I miss those days. Of course you do. Those were mm-hmm. great days. But look at these days. That's exactly right. And there's you know, so much value in it. Another, another thing that I heard in that story, Robbie, and it's because I know your family as well as I do, uh, not only did you, you know, grow from addition or whatever, you grew because you didn't divide sure. and you didn't subtract, yeah. you know, and that this isn't a knock on divorce or anything like that. Just bringing that analogy over to our church, we're not going to divide. Right, we're not going to subtract. We're going to continue to multiply and grow because we're all unified in one vision and one thought and one course of action, and that's we want to see Jesus lifted high in this church. Amen. And I know that uh, we're we're failing poorly to get through everything we want to the yeah. amount of time that we are we'll push into the next uh, next part yeah. here so we've talked about at this point you know how do we maintain how do we maintain this momentum how do we keep this church going where it's at how do we keep the things of god you know going forward seeing the growth that we are and of course we said you know first and foremost continue to make god first and center continue to invite friends and family continue to share the stuff that we do publicly on platforms such as social media and things financially be willing to do your part help us as we continue to go forward and support them 
continue to add new ministries and areas as we go forward and as we see the needs. But we won't just do them because we want something to do. We will do them strictly because they fit into the mission of who we are. And then, as you said, squash any attempt that the enemy would try to use yeah. to create division from us. And this last one's going to sound kind of ob- uh, off the wall to some of you because there is some folks that already do this, but we've got to take on this this philosophy that we've been trying to push and not really getting out there in the way that we want to. But we need people to be willing to attend one, serve one. Um, and Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to let you kind of explain what we're saying there, Pastor Robbie, when we say that, but in gist, we need you to say, Hey, you know what? I could serve at nine 30 and attend at 11 yeah. 05 or vice versa. However, yeah. but what is the, why, what's the purpose behind that? Sure. Explain to us what that's going to help us. Sure. So if, you, if you're listening and you're not a part of our church, our model is we have, we have church, we have two Sunday morning services, a 9.30 a.m. service and an 11.05 a.m. service. And increasingly, we're having more and more that are people that are attending both services just because they're they're loving and enjoying. We we love that. Our staff has done that for quite some time and, 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 and many of our workers. What we, we really are at a place where to continue growing, we need people to begin to say, you know what? I'm willing to go to, to one service out of the 9.30 a.m. or the 11, and I'm going to worship there. But then the other one, I'm going to work. I'm going to find a place of service, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be involved. And, and I'll be honest, a place that we are really lacking, we are really struggling uh, to have adequate numbers of workers and, and, and volunteers in that 9.30 service. And, and so... When I think when I'm talking about this, I'm not just talking in one or two areas. So sometimes people think being called of God is you're supposed to preach the gospel. That's definitely an element of a call, or they think, well, I'm supposed to be on the worship team. That's definitely mm-hmm. an area of calling, also. But but there are there is so much more that goes into the function of church than just that. For instance, I mean, I, I've been a pastor for over like 20 years. I've been preaching for well over 25 years now. Yeah. But yet in, in my time here at Clarksville, my primary focus has not been on preaching, even though in previous seasons, you know, I've preached, you know, three and more times a week. It's been on identifying other areas where, where, where our church can be strong. That's what we need from among us is we need to just look and say, how can I strengthen the body of Christ? So, for instance, at 930 a.m., one thing we're needing is some people just to show up and be friendly faces in the parking lot, right. you know, just Wander around and greet people. Help them, you know, if, if families roll in with young kids, help them get their kids in the in the church if they need some help. Help them find the, you know, the the place to get a donut and a cup right. of coffee and, and, and things like that. Uh, we need people that are qualified. And I want to say this in the right way. We want we need people that are quality individuals, uh, that love Jesus and that also can pass a criminal background check. To work in our in our kids uh, in in our kids and youth ministry. So hey, that's judgy. That's not our heart. No, there people can come to our church regardless of your background or regardless of your walk of life, and there's a place for you to be involved. But there are certain roles that legally and for safety reasons and right. for insurance reasons, we need to make sure there's not certain things in that background to make sure parents can have confidence when they drop their kids off. And, and they and you know what? I remember one time. Years ago, we were needing help in, in, in another church I was a part of, and, and I made an appeal like this, and there was a lady that came to me, and she said, you know what? I spent 30 years of my career 
as a, as a nurse in a children's psychiatric unit, Pastor, do you think there's any place I could help? Oh my. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my gracious, I can, right now, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. You, you know, maybe your unique background has has given you some mm-hmm. ingredients that, that would really be uh, an asset. You know, maybe you're real good with organization and structure and things like that. You, you know, there's lots of places we can use that, but one real simple is uh, just by helping us get cars parked in ways that they don't bump into each other, you know? Reality is this. Every week I get on the stage and I look out there and I think, man, there are more than ample amounts of qualified people here that can help us run our programs. Uh, And and we don't like that word, but the things that we do in this this church, just based on their everyday skill sets that they have. I mean, as far as that goes. And if you're waiting on a personal invitation, yes. consider this your personal invitation because we need your help. And the beauty of having two Sunday morning services is this. I get it. I've got six kids, and my oldest son, I only get to see him on weekends, right? Mm-hmm. I fully understand, hey, I want to be in church with my kids. I, I want to sit there with them. I want to right. worship. That's awesome. The appeal we would make is, are there some of you listening that maybe you could do that for one service? But you say, you know what? I can also block out another two hours of my time, and I can come and work so that somebody else can be there with, with their, their kids family. or right. with their family, right. and so that we can continue to what do what we do. We want to do it better and better. We're not leveling off. We want to move forward. Man, tonight we're having a 99 serve team meeting. Yeah. Just one of the practical things. We need people that can help us follow up with folks that visited for the first time. Just a, a friendly voice to say, we're glad you were here. Can we answer questions about our church? Yeah. Just pick up the phone. Send a text. Right. You know, and uh, there's so many things like that. And and we are working towards asking just point blank from the stage here in the next few weeks. We're getting some cards made, but we're going to send them out to you right there in the middle of service that just say, yeah. hey, I can help. You yeah. know, so yeah. uh, attend one, serve one is so important to where we're going. And, and then I'm going to let you guys just kind of tackle tackle this for us for just a few minutes but and we've probably got what another 10 12 minutes something like that 15 minutes maybe something like that uh, about 10 yeah. yeah what should it look like when we serve guys i mean what are the things that we you know i i've got four things down here and i'm gonna let you guys kind of break them down but i think one called yeah <laughs> two passionate three be faithful to it and, and four right this this ain't this is gonna blow a good attitude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I no, love that nobody, as a requirement, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody wants to be greeted by, we're glad you're here. You yeah. know? <laughs> when you're really not glad they're here. You know? I, I mean. Uh, my, my old friend Clifton Hill in his life, he used to say, I don't know why more people don't go to church. I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as as the little girl said in Sunday school, the, lady, the the Sunday school teacher said, "Do you know why we're supposed to be quiet in church?" And the little girl said, "Yeah, because people are sleepy." <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, that's why. But that, that's not the reality of it. But so take me on that first one, Rob. Those, it's important to be called. Yeah. Actually, so why do we need to be called? You know, I have the perfect example of of not only called but like uh, passionate as well. Now you may argue with me. But I know Pastor Robbie will back me up on this one because we experienced this one together. Once upon a time, we were on staff at a different church, and there was a lady who came up to Pastor. Now, this is just before I got there, but uh, I, I definitely saw this woman in action. So I know good and well that she was passionate and called to this, who went up to Pastor Robbie and she said, I really want to help in the church. And he said, That's great. Is there anything specific that you have in mind? And she said, I feel like my spiritual gift is shopping. Yeah. 
And we kind of thought, you know, Pastor Robbie thought this, and I thought the same <laughs> thing of just like, really? <laughs> Shopping? I, I, I don't know if that's really a spiritual gift. I'm telling you, this woman. She had the gift. She had the gift of, of, of God to be able to shop. And I don't mean just she's passionate about it. I mean, this is the type of woman who could find deals and coupons and things like that. And then you have a budget of, okay, we have to buy all of these. This is a real example. We have to buy some, some extra clothes in case kids don't have shorts, the proper length to be able to go to church camp. Uh, and this is our budget. We can't spend more than a hundred dollars. She goes and, and buys shorts for, for up to like 10 kids and they paid her money. <laughs> because she wow. found discounts and and coupons and things like that. This woman had the gift, and I believe was fully called of God to know how to be frugal and and shop. And so, it may not be something like that. You may think that that's kind of a funny analogy, but I'm going to tell you, God created you for a purpose. He created right. you for a plan. He created right. you for a reason. And the very thing that you're passionate about may be what this church needs. It may be what God has put you on this earth to do to help serve your church. You may not be somebody who likes to get up on stage and talk and things like that, but you may be that type of person who you love to just talk with people and shake hands and visit, but put a microphone in your hand, you get scared. Hey, Door greeter is a fantastic thing for you. Uh, we we had an issue on on Sunday morning, and it was really our issue because we looked at the clock wrong, where we were looking around and we couldn't find our our nine thirty uh, roaming greeters anywhere. We couldn't where where are they? We were we were getting concerned, and getting worried. Turns out we looked at the clock wrong, and they were right on time. Uh, and we we were early and thought that they were thought that they were running late. But my point of this is is not uh, a time issue as much as it is. Boy, wouldn't it be a great problem to to have if we have so many people who volunteer to be Roman greeters on that 930 service that we can say, oh, so-and-so is sick. Hey, can you come and be in that? Yeah, absolutely. And we just have next man up ideology, you know? That's what it needs uh, to be. Amen. And so that's, that's what I think of when it yeah. comes to uh, being called and passionate. It also includes faithfulness and a good attitude yeah. because, you know, if you're passionate about something, you're going to be happy about it. You're going to be faithful to it. Um, you know, nobody has to convince me uh, to get up and and love my family because I'm passionate about them. You know, you don't have to convince. Oh, I have to love those kids again. No, I, I love them because because they're mine, and and they may annoy people sometimes, and they may get in trouble sometimes. They may annoy me sometimes, but the truth yeah. is, I love them. I'm happy about them. I believe it was. Pastor David, you used to joke uh, several years ago when your kids were little that sometimes you'd want to sell them on eBay for a yeah. nickel, but you'd buy them back for a dime, yeah. you know, and, and I'm the same way. You you don't got to convince me to be faithful or have a good attitude about things that I already am passionate about. Oftentimes, your passion is an indication of your calling also. That's right. Right. That might not, I'm not saying that's that's a foolproof method, but, but if you start to think, what am I passionate about when your passions, your mind are submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ and and, and and being renewed in the Word, that can indicate something that God's actually calling you toward. You know, one of my passions has has long has long been, I just love to write, you yeah. know. And uh, I realized along the way, you know what, that's not just my passion. That's that's something God put there. Uh, yeah. I, I think of a, just last week, there's a young woman here in our church that she had made a, a Facebook post that uh, Ruth Tom Bowen brought to me and said, hey, I think you ought to look at this. Man, it was superior. I mean, she had done just a fantastic job writing this. And I reached out and said, hey, would you mind if we put this on our E5 blog? And uh, she said, yeah. 
because that actually went out Saturday night before our Resurrection Sunday morning service. Now, she was just writing a Facebook post. She yeah. wasn't trying to write a blog post. Yeah. You know, she'd never written a blog post before. But in that case, she's just speaking from her heart and what she's passionate about. But people in the body were able to say, hey, I think we ought to stop and pay closer attention to I this. I can relate to that, yeah. That's, that's powerful. And I think that oftentimes what we're called to do, this is how I relate it so often, is I have said this most of my life, it would not faze me one bit to go out to my farm and just be there. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't like spotlight. That's not who I am. I, I'm okay just being out there. But I also know this. In the season of my life where I needed a break from ministry, I was miserable not doing ministry. Absolutely. So when you're called, I think when you're not doing what you're called, you're, min- you're miserable. I think that's a sign of, hey, I'm called to do this because when I'm not doing, I, d- I don't enjoy life as much. I don't have that same joy. And I'm passionate about doing it. I want to be faithful to it. And to be honest, I'm going to have a good attitude when I do it. And when I'm not doing it, and I'm not doing what I'm called because there isn't that same fulfillment, I have a pretty sorry attitude a lot of times. (laughs) Let's talk for a second. That's so true. Let's talk for a second about what faithfulness looks like. My wife is one of the only people in my life that I know that periodically just looks up and thanks God for the trees. Mm -hmm. Now, that may sound weird. Why is she thanking God for trees? First of all, because they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. But second is a tree is an example of faithfulness. Every day of your life, that tree is filtering out carbon dioxide and putting out oxygen. And most people don't ever stop and thank a tree for its service to us. Why? Because it does it so regularly, so consistently that that we take its presence for granted every Mm -hmm. time we take a breath. That's right. If you are very faithful... There is a risk you may get taken for granted because the things you do, you do so well that other people may not even know you're the one doing it. I wish you'd preach. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if you're out of your place, if you're not being faithful, things crumble, right? If those trees stop doing their job, we can't breathe. We we die. We die. We have a real problem. Somebody needs to think about that out there. True. So we need people to be so faithful that you're just doing your job because you know that it matters, right? Uh, My dad, somebody asked him one time, this fiery evangelist was seeing great miracles. He said, George, do you ever wish that you were on the road doing what I'm doing? My dad didn't hesitate. He said, never. Well, the guy was kind of priming him for a different answer than that. So now he was thrown off. And he said, why not? And dad said, because I know what I'm called to do. And he said, just like I can't do what you do, you can't do what I do. And you're going to come in and you're going to see things happen that I won't see. Then you're going to leave and I'm going to get to pastor these folks. And I'm going to get to watch the the fruit of that long term in ways you'll never get to see. Oh, come on. Man, if we could all just be faithful and find our place. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is when, when you're called, when you're passionate about what you're called to do and you are faithful to it, I believe these things go hand in hand. You will have a good attitude. Oh, yeah. You, because you will see the fruits of what God's doing in your life and your attitude will be good in yeah. doing those things. And so. Hey, and can we just say, Rob, you mentioned earlier Elijah sitting down under that juniper tree. You know how God treated Elijah's depression? He let him sleep. He gave him some cake to drink and some water to eat, or some cake to eat, some water to drink, and then he let him go to Horeb to meet with God. If you have a bad attitude, some simple questions. Have you rested? Have you eaten? Are you hydrated? 
And how's your faith? Have you been in the presence of God? Been meeting with God. Um, Mm -hmm. If you got a bad attitude, please know we get it, but we need to fix that because you know that being rude to one person may not mean anything to you, but it could drive them out of the house of God. That's right. Right. That's good stuff. I mean, even even Jesus took naps. (laughs) Yeah, everybody needs a nap, don't they? Yeah, even Jesus took a nap on a pillow. That's right. Sure did. We're going to close out here uh, on this, and, and maybe we'll come back to some yeah. of this again, but um, this leads us to kind of where we're, we're headed in the next few weeks as we unro- unroll and, and reveal kind of our future plans. As, but we're talking about how do we maintain this momentum? How do we keep these things going? And we listed some of the areas of need that we have right now and, and how you can serve and how you can help and what that should look like. But one of the big things going forward that we feel is that we must have continued discipleship for current members, uh, uh, you know, members that's been here for a long time and, and even people that are becoming new members of our family of God. Amen. And we're rolling out what we call 4D. And, yeah. and in this next five minutes, I want to let Pastor Robbie uh, take us through a little bit of 4D. And probably for the next few weeks, we're going to discuss some of the stuff from 4D. But, mm-hmm. and then I, I'm going to let Pastor Robbie close us out in prayer. But okay. Robbie, would you take and just talk to us about why we're doing this in the 4D steps that we are? What is the 4D? Where is it going for us? Don't break it down because I want to do that over the next few weeks, but tell us why we're doing it. What's the purpose behind it? What does 4D mean? And how's it going to help us continue momentum in our church? Yeah. So if you ever, you know, if you had a baby in the last many years, perhaps you had an opportunity for a 4D ultrasound. And what that 4D ultrasound does, it gives you the best picture of that baby you can get before you actually hold the child in your arms. You can see their movement. You can see their gestures. It's incredible. So we are rolling out a new, it's not a program, it's a process that we're calling Link Church in 4D. With that, one of the pieces is there is a book that that we've just finished that we'll be putting in people's hands uh, very soon. But But that's also just a piece of the process. And so the 4Ds stand for Discover decide, disciple, and deploy. And and we want to develop this as a grid for what it looks like from the moment that you first start going to church and the the moment that you first, if you're part of our local church, the moment that you first discover Link Church and you start to discover who Jesus is through the time you've made a decision to follow him, then what does it look like to be his disciple? We said earlier that that we're not just here to make decisions, we're here to make disciples. And then we want to deploy you into ministry, help you find a place of service and action to both for your personal growth, for our local church, and, and for our community, the next few weeks, we're going to be just kind of unpacking some of that. Maybe we'll devote kind of a, a week to, to each of those four, four items. But what we're really excited about is just engaging people in process and helping, and helping us learn what it looks like to follow Christ intentionally and purposefully and go after him in that. If you want a preview, by the way, you can already, you can view that book on Amazon, Link Church in 4D. But in about a month or so, we're going to start actually inviting people here locally to attend a one-day class, about two hours, where we'll walk you through uh, each of those each of those in 30-minute segments each. And then we're going we're gonna to put some copies of this book in your hands and all that. But again, I don't want you to think, hey, I read the book. I checked it off. That's not what we're talking about. It's engaging in a process. After you discover who Christ is and what Link Church is about, then you're going to make a decision to follow Christ. 
If you're part of our church family, we hope you make a decision to really plug in. That's right. Um, you're going to grow as a disciple. We're going to launch you out of the ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot that's going with this that we're excited to roll out. But remember this. Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've taught you. And then there's that promise, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. We love to claim the promise but you only get to claim the promise in the context of obedience. Jesus is with us always to the end of the world. That's good. When we make disciples, when we prioritize baptism, and when we observe all the things he taught, then there's that promise that, you know what, no matter what hell arms itself against me with, I'm going to stand by the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's good. And uh, I'm, I'm going to throw it to you, Rob, and we're going to close here in just a second. I do want to. I want to follow up on a few things you said. Uh, 4D is designed, as you said, it'll be a uh, something we do after a Sunday uh, service. After second service, we're going to serve a free meal. Uh, yeah. We want people that's been coming here for 40 years to attend it, and we want people that are brand new to attend it. Yeah, there'll be a form that's going out. You sign up on that form, lets us know that you're going to be there. You'll get a free copy of the 4D book. Yeah. You'll get a free T-shirt that says 4D yeah. on it, talking about that you did that. Uh, and then at the end of every quarter uh, doing this, so we'll have our first class in May, May, June, and then in July. Oh, man. Uh, but, I want to uh, shout, just know what you're about to say. Yeah, but in May, June, and July, we will take, and uh, we'll have a class each month, uh, which means if you took it once, you know, you, you, you come through it. If you wanted to sit through it again, you'd be welcome to. You won't get another free T-shirt. You won't get another free book, <laughs> right. but you can sit through it again. But at the end of that, uh, there'll be, at the end of July, there's a, there's a fifth Sunday, and our plan is on... Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evening. So on Friday night, the whole purpose of 4D is to lead you to what we call Freedom, Fire, and Family Weekend. So on Friday night, we'll have a Freedom Night where we believe for anything that is going on in your life, your body, any bondage, anything that you faced, we want to help you deal with that because that's part of the discipleship process going forward. Maybe things happened years ago that you feel like you need to get free from in your life. We want to help you with that. Maybe it's a spirit of infirmity and sickness and you want that broken. Freedom Night is all about getting set free from whatever you're facing. And then on the next night, we'll have Fire Night. When we have Fire Night, that is geared completely towards just allowing God to have a complete move of Pentecost in your life. Amen. Believing for the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wherever God leads you on that Fire Night, that's what we want, and that's what we're believing for. And then we finish that off that weekend with what we call a Family Night. And that's where we just have an event for our whole church that, uh, that we consider it's not just a church, it's a family, but where we have a family night together, we come there, you participate in that, and on that particular night, if you've been through that program and you graduated that program, we will then have a night where we announce your name, we give honor to you for going through that process, and then we pray over you as we continue to help you, you know, discover, decide, disciple, and then most of all, when we have that family night, we want you to be deployed out That's of the right. and doing what we can, so... Pastor Rob, close us out, pray for us today, and uh, let's let these poor, uh, as uh, as I heard Tom McNaughton say one time, uh, let my people go Pharaoh. It's about <laughs> Amen, time we Pharaoh out of here. You know? Father, we thank you for the opportunity just to gather in your name, God, and we thank you for what you're doing here in this church, not just in our church, but in your church, God, all across the world. We're hearing stories of revival, hearing stories of of lives that are changed and impacted. You truly are moving in our midst right now, and I just want to thank you for that. God, I thank you for the leadership that 
this church body has is as we continue to grow, we realize that we, we need to grow in healthy ways. And God, I thank you in advance for those who hear this podcast and are inspired to take action, God, and begin to volunteer and say, hey, I can help in some way. God, would you just have your way in their lives? And I thank you for these graduates that we are going to commission out of this uh, uh, faith, fire, and family night. God, I just, I, I feel your presence in that. And I believe that there are going to be some lives eternally impacted through this this. 4, 4D process that, that we're about to roll out. God, and I thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to continue to do. And in your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to joining you again next week uh, where we're going to talk a little bit more about that 4D process. And uh, I, for one, can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, one of my favorite things about this podcast is I get to hear about this stuff just a little bit before everybody else. So I'm excited about it. So uh, until then, may God bless you. May he keep you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you then. <laughs> Thank you.